thing for a while Been in this thing for a while You don't even know my pain You can't even match my style You don't even know this game Been in this thing for a while Been in this thing for a while Been in this thing for a while Yeah Either way. Right. Oh, I got on, man. I, I do have a question for both of y'all after, after listening to today's episode. Oh, yeah. What were you about to say, Rich? Um, all right, man. So I got a little bit of a. I just got to ask y'all because I was confused a little bit listening to today's episode of On Deck. Gibbs verse wasn't even worth a mention mm-hmm. in the Kanye review. Not even oh, worth no, a mention. Dirk and. Like not even a mention, just not you had to go in depth, just a mention. He snapped, and that's what I got too. I completely forgot. I'm glad you said that. See, you only eight episodes in, Rich, so you don't really know. I don't fuck with Gibbs like that. I don't. Fuck all with right, so man. let me let me ask you this, because here's the thing, um, and I know AB, he says he's a yay apologist and all that stuff. Um, yes. Gibbs, man, I'm a huge fan of, but I can't. It's his antics. This is antics, man. It's just hard to it's hard to I don't want to say root for him, but it's hard to really be on someone to proudly announce hey, that yo. I'm a Freddie Gibbs fan because yeah. of some of the shit he does. He can Agreed. rap his ass off. He can rap his rap ass, ass off. I'd never off. deny that. I would never deny his talent. But man, I mean, just in this week, and I don't know how many I don't know how many other people can trend for having a dope ass verse and then trend for having your ass cheek spread open <laughs> in the same two day span. That's wild. Freddie Gibbs. And he a, like, ga- like a gangster rapper, too. This ain't an R&B singer. Yeah, that's true. This ain't like just, this is a nigga who rap about, oh, I'm, I'm about that life. They, they, uh, it's, but it's doing well for him. The social media play is working in his favor. That's, what's, that's what make it trash. It's hurting me as a fan. But for him, it's expanding his, his profile. That's true. Yeah. That is true. More people know about him than they would if he was just rapping his ass off like he raps his ass off. But part you know, of my problem with him, Rich, it, it ain't. I don't even really got to subscribe to the fan stuff. It was just a Jeezy situation. I'm so much of a Jeezy fan, and how that was handled, and him continuing to go back to that well, even after Jeezy was like, "Bro, like, come on, bro, like, we're not, we're not gonna do this because both of us know what happened." And I think how Gibbs kept poking the bear, thinking that oh, I know he's not gonna say nothing. This is slick beneath him, but I'm gonna keep going. I I mm-hmm. didn't like that whole part of it. He played too much. Yeah. I, to, to simplify, he played. He played too much for a nigga like me. Like, I, don't, I don't like how they're playing. Benny, Jim Jones. I'm yeah, sure like you play too much, bro. And that's like, what happens when we run, when we catch you. Like you, we go beat your ass in this restaurant for playing with us, bro. I get it, man. I never forget, man. There was this time I ain't gonna say no names or even really give too much description, but uh, I'm a pretty cool, level-headed dude. Like it takes a lot to get me out of my zone because I really don't like whatever. Man. I brush your shit off, whatever. I'm not taking you serious enough anyway. But there was somebody in particular who took me to that level. Like I was ready to like put my hands around his neck, um, and then calm down. And then months later, some shit happened to this person. Like nothing bad. Like just got beat up. Just got beat up by a stranger. And my first instinct was just on some. I can definitely understand how that happened. <laughs> and that's what Gibbs reminds me of. 
Like that's what gives remind me. I can see how that happened. That's what like, you said. I'm not yeah. saying it's right or wrong, but I just I I get how you take people there. That's like, bro, you're too talented for that. Yep. I agree. He didn't let the music speak, but and and, and then it make me look at him sideways because if you were really like who you said you were, you wouldn't be approaching some of these situations the way that you'd be approaching them. Like you wouldn't be in New York taunting Jim Jones if you really knew kind of the lay of the you land. You know how it goes. You, were, you wouldn't know. You yeah, wouldn't invite bro. that. Nobody really invites like danger. <laughs> and, and listen, and, really, and here's a, it's, it's going to be a segue into today's episode. But at that age, yes, being, so. I mean, at that age, almost forty, it's almost like where's past forty? Like, he over forty. Is he over 40, 41, yeah. 42, Whatever 42, it is, like it's just, where's your growth? Why? Why is this even entertaining to you? Agree. Like, this shouldn't even be something that you're interested in doing. Like, nigga, get your money, go home. Yeah, I think it's it's what y'all said too. It's like subscribing so much to the social media and content life versus I got to stick to what I know, like what I'm true to. And a lot of us from our generation deal with that. Like we see that line. Some people willing to cross it, and a lot of us are not. Like men our age, like bro, I'm not. I'm not whipping my phone out. I'm not like I'm not going in here causing. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing any of that because I wasn't raised that way. I do see you kids doing it i do see y'all being affected from it and i know people are making a lot of money from it but me personally i can't bring myself to do it so that goes a lot into it yeah man you said the important part too man you see the kids doing it and that's their thing i yeah. love killer mike's response uh to casa not he's just talking about like listen man this is rock with it if you don't you don't but at least give stuff a chance give everything a chance open your brain up because i know how it is at 22 just to be stuck on what you're doing and now here mm-hmm. i am 37 I don't really listen to contemporary music like that. Um, and when I do, it's like, all right, man, I'll give it a shot, but I know what it's for me and what it ain't for me. But you gotta give everything a chance just to grow and, and stuff like that. But, I like what he um, said to Casanat. Things- Real quick, I was just saying, I like what he said to Casanat, though. Like, that's one of the best ways to bridge the generational gap when you have older people. I know older dudes used to do it for us. Like, just come kick it with us. Like you can have your prejudgments or whatnot, but like Killer Mike said, come down to get out. He didn't say this. I'm paraphrasing. Get out of that basement or that attic or wherever it is that you're streaming from. Come out. Go to the blue flame with me. Let, let me show you how people in Atlanta react to me. Let me show you how we get down my generation. Then you can go judge it and say it's lame or it's whack or I didn't get it or whatever it may be. But don't sit up there in that basement on that stream and just because you like Travis Scott more than you like me downplay the piece of art that I put out like come experience nah, he said he didn't know was. who he was that, that's a even worse even worse that's even worse <laughs> like, bro. that's even worse like you you commenting on something you don't even know what it is like it's okay to say no comment yeah well, let me facts. check this let me check this out and I'll circle back whatever the case is but you know that's facts. part of it alright for the uh, uh, another week in the books fans on deck fans that have traveled over here from that feed as well culture garden fans that have traveled over here Y'all know these voices. These voices are familiar. Shout out to Mo, man, taking his uh, maternity leave. Is it paternity or maternity? Paternity. Paternity yeah, leave. Well, do my man's like that. <laughs> Shout out to Mo, man. No disrespect. That is me. He taking his paternity uh, leave, man. Shout out to him and his wife and the little one that's on the way. While he's gone, man, I got some really good brothers to fill in this another week in the book space uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, this episode in particular but for the next couple of weeks you'll hear some different voices i'm honored to be here with two brothers who i respect love making content with and can't wait to let you guys hear what we've cooked up for today's episode which will kind of be like a freestyle thing i'm gonna give it to rich let him ask some questions about 
no a lot and then we'll go back and forth and then you know do what we do it here in another week in the books but i got ab with me and i got my guy rich with me fellas how y'all doing what's happening slow motion bill ocean glad to be here likewise man glad to be here man opportunity to chop it up with y'all spike you know what it is ab i'm a fan so it is a great opportunity for me just to pick your brain rap to you uh, go a little bit more in depth and things like that, man. So it's an honor to be here. Y'all already know another week in the books, my favorite podcast. And that's coming from a nigga who has three podcasts himself. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, happy to be here, man. Happy to get things started with y'all, man. And just kind of have a conversation. Um, you know, I've been rapping with Spike about what he's going to be doing while Mo is out, you know, because we have good earners as well. So we've been um, discussing some content over there. And I just, you know, I always like to make sure I make myself available, um, especially the brothers like Spike, good people that's trying to get things done because um, it really is a village. Um, and when you can find people you trust, man, and they tell you you can lean on them, lean on them. So I'm always going to make myself available. Yes. And, you know, he told me the idea and I thought that was dope. And then he kind of hit the group chat and said, hey, man, if y'all got any questions or ideas, I did something else with Derb. Shout out to Derb. Looking forward to get that, uh, that rolling out. And we just kind of kind of came up with the kind calm approach, man. And we just kind of came up with the concept of just having the audience get to know y'all a little bit better, not on a personal level, because um, chapter 15, if you guys haven't listened, go back to chapter 15 of another week in the books. I believe it was around September 2022. Um, So about a year and a half ago when AB was on the podcast and Mo did a great job asking questions from a fan perspective, um, kind of getting a little bit of information, how they started, um, some of the wins and losses as they like to famously stay in their podcast or a TV show um, that they've gone through doing this trip. And now we've got a whole nother year and a half and I- I'll be the first one to say I'm fascinated or the, the thing I was most fascinated by speaking to you today is going to be just your conversation about the growth and where you are right now as individuals, uh, because I, I'm a part of some podcasts and two of two of them are with my very close friends. One is my brother and one is my homegirl who's like my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this in my head always from day one, I've always told myself I'm leaving with what I came with. So at the very least, I'm leaving with this friendship. I'm not going to let any of this podcast shit or anyone, no matter what happens from it, we, I got to set some kind of foundation where I'm, I'm, I'm leaving here with that. Um, and like any relationship, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a business partnership, 10, 11, 12 years is a long time um, to work together and be on the same page and still have the end results. Let's take it back to the beginning first, just a little bit. Um, I know you guys knew each other. You guys went into that in chapter 15 and, and kind of how you met and going back to the Boys and Girls Club to years later working at Kroger. At what point did each one of you look at each other and say, I trust you with my vision? Because even though it's a collective vision, you still have to look at that person across from you and say, look, I know that you're not going to bullshit me. You know that I'm not going to bullshit you. We going to grind and work together to make something happen. Because most talked about it. Um, you know, he had the podcast with the bros. That shit fell off because niggas weren't taking it serious. The whole nine. At what point did you guys look at each other and be able to say, like, you know what? I really do trust you to make this shit pop. Let's go. I mean, I, I, I'd probably say when we moved down here, mm-hmm. we, um, I mean, we had a version of the show previously, but we really, when, once we made that leap, bro, moving from another city when you've been there your whole life, is a big deal at least i speak for myself it was a big deal for me 
And so to do that, and then Lou came right behind me like a week or two, literally a week or two later, I understand how big of an adjustment that is and how big of a commitment that is. And so once we kind of both, you kind of see that someone else is willing to step out of their comfort zone the way that we both were able to uh, around the same time, then you kind of know you got somebody that can that can ride next to you because that's a huge deal, bro. Like this, there are people who have never left their hometown, don't plan on it, don't need to, don't want to, whatever the case may be. And so to do that, you know, and it was our twenties, late twenties, man. It was it was it was a challenge, and it was something that I it made me look and be like, oh, okay, cool, like somebody really trying to do something with this. And so once you kind of see a big commitment, a big leap like that. Then I feel like at that point, man, it's, it's the sky's the limit. You can do anything, really. That's a, that's a really great question, Rich. Ain't good response, Chris. For me, it was a little bit before that even. Um, the version that we used to do at home was I know I've told the story before. We walking around with a fucking camcorder. I don't even think we bought that. I think we found the camcorder. Um, and just having like we were always sitting and chop game and talk about stuff that we wanted to do, but just having the idea of you know what we can replace this thing that we love talking about rap city and try to start building something that would be beneficial to a new generation and it was me it was it was a b and it was a couple of other brothers as well but as we would map it out the most and as we would talk about it the most it would be me and a b talking about it it was always well you think he'd be good hosting this or what role do you want to play? What role should this person play? Do you think we should move forward? Like we would always, as far as what we wanted to be, even before the podcast stage, when it was a videographer thing, we were always, he and I mostly would, because again, we worked same places and we would have more time to talk with each other and knew each other better than the rest of the people who started this with us when it was in the vlog type thing. So for me, it was them because most of my friends that I had, like they wasn't on like what me and him were talking about as far as building the media business and trying to figure out this space like they was on like we they was on some not bad as far we was on some getting money and entrepreneurial good stuff but doing something that i actually enjoyed and and, and we talked about anyway <clears throat> that was when i knew uh that was when i knew which is even goes to what uh chris said that was the reason i even moved down here like i didn't want that to die out we had built that up i think we did it for what maybe three four years before we moved down here uh, no, nah, it might have been shorter than like, that. Really? It seemed yeah, like yeah, a longer yeah. time than that. It, it, it definitely it, seemed like it, it was seemed like a longer time than that. Because, again, it, it was something that it, it was amazing to, to go through because, like I said, it was three or four years. We went through a couple of different cameramen. We lost the host. We had people that, that wanted to sign, that, that said they was with it and wasn't. Like it, it, But the, the two constants were he and I. And I didn't even start yeah. as an on-camera person. It was more so, oh, we had agreed to this person being an on-camera person, and then that fell out. So I was like, okay, I I'll do the interviews. Then Chris was—he was skeptical at first, like I don't yeah. know, bro. Like I don't know if you can do the interviews, <laughs> but like, who else is gonna do it? Is how, how I looked at it. So I will make that adjustment, even if I don't feel like that's my personality. And just from us grinding, like we would have interviews that were a big deal to us. Like we stumbled upon Lil Boosie, we stumbled upon Young Dro and Young LA, and just it, it it was those things for me and the constant always being he and i like again it went through maybe seven six people as 
people who were a part of on deck we were doing vlog to it dwindled down to us two doing a podcast but to answer your question in a very long winded format it was <laughs> it was a little bit before we moved here like those two to three years that we were trying to even figure out what we were going to do with on deck which again pushed my move to atlanta great answer by both of you a lot of stuff to take away one thing that i want to ask immediately is you just mentioned you lost a host you lost some cameraman i'm assuming that when this started you both were amateurs in this field right the first time you guys ever kind of outside of probably trying to rap or produce because every nigga done did that <laughs> outside of that i'm sure this is like maybe the first time you've gotten to the media space or tried to create content on a consistent level is, is that safe and sane? yes so, yeah, okay, we, then. so we both took mass calm and MTSU, but I didn't really get shit from that. We just was there okay. with taking up space. Yeah, <laughs> AB mentioned something about twenty five thousand dollars that he gave Wasted. away pretty much to uh, <laughs> to somebody. I forget what I forget who you talking about on episode fifteen or chapter fifteen. Excuse me. However, my question for you was this: because one of the biggest things that's hard to do in anything, especially in this space, is to be consistent. Like, be consistent. It's so easy at the first sign of trouble to be like, you know what, fuck this. I got 10 other things going on. This right now ain't worth my time. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. Do you think it was your passion for hip hop, the chemistry between each other? What was it that kept you going even in the midst of all these tri uh, uh, um, tribulations and, and people quitting on you or not showing up when they're supposed to? At what point were you just like, now nah, we're gonna keep going, we're gonna keep going, we keep going. What did you see? Yeah, the the people the, the the early rotation was crazy. crazy. Uh, that <laughs> that that still befuddles me to this day. But um, I mean, it's just when you when you want to see something through, when you want to see something happen, you just kind of you make a way, man. And and then plus on top of it, these are things that we already were doing. We just didn't know we were doing it before, right? It just want a camera involved. It just want microphones involved. Mm. Man, these debates and these conversations have been going on since we've known each other. Yeah. Like exactly like this. They just may not have been formatted, and you know they didn't have all the other technical pieces to them. But it's been it's been going on. So there's a passion there. We all grew up in the era of Source Magazine, Double XL Magazine. We all, you know, if you look like us, if you're from where we're from, then you music is probably in your vein. It ain't even. It's not acquired. It's in you. It's probably in your household growing up. Like it's a, it's a part of the culture. And so doing something like this. Um, kind of like commenting on a game that we've already been following the way we've been following and, and commenting on it, but it was just it was second nature, honestly. Mm -hmm. So it, they, I, I, I believe that American Dream is doing something that you would do for free, but making a career out of it. So if the possibility, I, I can hoop, but not that well. My NBA days are long gone. I'm not rapping. <laughs> And so I'm like, yo, if I would do it, I would do this for fun. If we can make a career out of this, because we see that there may be a future in this type of media, then why not try it and yeah. keep going despite the stumbles? Right. Agreed. Yeah, that, that, that is a good point. Like we were doing this anyway. And I know I've said this before. We would be at jobs having these conversations and people would be like, oh, you should do a TV show or do this, do that. And the third. It would originate even like I know we said we worked at Kroger together. We worked at Walgreens as well, but he worked at a different location from me. It was to the point like these conversations where we would essentially be doing a podcast over the phone. Like this was so wild now that I think about it. Like we would yeah. spend like the new XXL a drop, a new vibe or whatever a drop. Of course, the, the store gets it. 
we would hit each other up on the store line and be talking to, to each other, ringing motherfuckers up like for an hour, like just be on the phone. And this shit was wild. Now that I would be so mad if that shit happened to me and I went in the store nowadays, but we wasn't even, we, was, yeah. we wasn't even thinking about it. Man, did you see this article? Hold on, let me ring this chick up real quick. Let me hold on. Real quick. <laughs> like that, that yeah. was literally what he and I used to do. And we would be on the phone for like damn near half of our shifts. So, like he said, the the format for doing this was always there, and and what kept it pushing was um, I didn't I didn't really have anything else that I liked like this like that I that I enjoy music or enjoy hip hop or even having debates and conversations like there was nothing more that I really enoy doing like this like I talked about it on another week in the books I quit a lot of shit I quit playing football I quit just doing a lot of shit because it just didn't give me the fulfillment that this gives me and now even though I've grown out of hip hop a little bit I say that jokingly cuz I do I still appreciate the era that we grew up in but just the conversation is the thing that does it now on a weekly basis having a conversation with AB having a conversation with you and Mo and, and having a conversation with Mo on another week in the books that's the thing that I love the most now regardless of the topic I just love having that type of conversation with real people and that's what kept me in it and kept continuing to do it um, real quick too I, I do want to say the feedback helped a lot too yes. when we did transition to a podcast format pe- the feedback was huge in terms of keeping it going like we didn't you can you can anticipate or you can have an idea of how you think people are going to receive stuff or you know the people that you know who get your sense of humor are going to like it but you don't know how somebody living in Milwaukee or on the west coast on the you don't know how people are going to really rock with you or not if they're going to mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from if they're going to relate you don't know that you might have an idea but getting the feedback from people who we didn't know played a huge part in keeping it all going and keeping it up and stuff too I, I i did not want to forget to say that yeah no nah, that's and that's actually perfect because it kind of feeds into my next question so when you start something like this um a passion project um something you've been doing like you said without even knowing at what point does it start being for other people and what i mean by that is i think when you start something from scratch um especially something you're passionate about I think about Culture Guard, for example. Um, you know, AB, I can tell you love you love music, you love hip hop the same way I love film. Like I can just you just there's an intricate, it's not just all oh, that shit cool. There's some intricacies. Like there's some deep levels where I know nah, this nigga's a student. Like he knows shit. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about film and that's how I approach it. When I started the Culture Guard, when me and school started the Culture Garden, it was hundred percent for us. This is something we love. This is something we want to do. Once to your to what you were just saying, AB, once you realize oh, there's people in Atlanta, there's people in Florida, you know, there's people in California that somehow stumbled on, on our page and rocks with us. As that continues to happen, how much of your how much of the podcast is this still hundred percent for me versus I owe something to all these people who are checking in? I told y'all yesterday, I'm refreshing every hour, like yo, where the episode, and I'm a new listener. So I can only imagine the people that's been with you from day one. How do you find that balance and how much of it do you think you still own yourself versus I owe responsibility to the listeners? That's a good question. Um, It's hard to quantify it, but it's definitely there Uh, Mm -hmm. for me. I I know even when we even when we come up with the things that we talk about, we're we're very like um, this goes way back close to when we first started. 
very intentional about the things that we cover versus the things that we don't mm-hmm. and that is for not only for us because there's some stuff that we're just not interested in talking about to be completely yeah. honest but then there's some things that maybe we we may not have or it may, they may not be bigger stories but we feel like people would want to know and i feel like people have given us feedback on and i'm glad y'all talked about that nobody else spoke on that xyz so that plays a part in terms of what we speak about um but it's man that, that's the good thing about finding people who, a, a tribe who are into what you into because what i want to talk about and what i want to hear about is the same as what the person listening wants to hear about and wants to talk about we're all in the same boat we have mm. the, we have similar interests and things of that nature we made a conscious effort to always throw in some type of business aspect of hip-hop whether somebody signed the deal whether it was the cost to book people whether uh whether it was some philanthropy that somebody was doing that didn't get a lot of clock we always in addition to the funny stuff you know the, in whatever young job driving uber whatever that's sort of funny <laughs> whatever but we always would try to spin it into a business perspective because that's what he and i were into first I, i'm not i'm not in the business of talking about something that i, I don't want to talk about just because we feel like our audience will listen I, mm-hmm. I feel like those people we're too we're similar i i haven't met a lot of people that listen to us but I feel like we are on the same level of thinking or in the same plane of thinking and interest. So that's the cool part about finding your tribe. You don't have to bend over backwards or compromise something that you really don't want to touch on, but you feel like you have to. I don't, yeah. I don't feel that pressure personally. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, even, even more so from on deck and then doing another week in the books or doing good earners podcast, as you can speak to in a second too, Rich, there's a lot of different ways that you can cover hip-hop even in this space where what we talk about with black men's mental health like you can do the, the keywords and the, the the things that everyone else is doing but what i think makes this so like when people hit us up like hey talking about another week in the books man this show changed my life i didn't look at mm-hmm. stuff like i used to look at it before y'all or even when on deck we would get comments and be like i feel like i'm sitting at the barbecue and my two cousins are talking and i'm listening to them rooting them on and even when we get feedback with good earnings, like I've never heard this perspective of the Sopranos being covered that way before. That's the reason that I do it. Like like you said, it, it, it's more so it's self-serving because I do love the feedback. That's the one of the main things that fuels the fire for me. But it, it's a lot of pride in I'm not going out of my way to be something that I don't want to be just to impress people. What I'm putting in front of people is who I am and they fucking with me. And that feels amazing, pause. That feels amazing to like have that type of feedback. And again, I'll I, I reference another week in the books. Mo and I didn't know what this was when we started this. Like we, we were just, this is this was for us to build rapport with each other. But this caused like longtime friends of mine to hit me up and be like, no, nah, bro, I, I've never heard you like this. So I knew that you were like this. And I'm glad that other people are getting to see it. That's the thing that makes it so great to do as far as I'm not doing it for keywords or to talk about just everything in a zeitgeist so somebody will see it go viral. I'm doing it so it really has meat on the bone and when people listen to this, they pick something up from it. And that, mm-hmm. like AB said, this that, that, that gets your tribe together. It don't gotta be a million people listening to me, but it's a thousand thorough, loyal people listening to me that understand where I'm coming from. And they don't disagree. I mean, they don't agree all the time. However, they do know it's authentic when it's coming. And it's not just me chasing a headline. It's not just us chasing something or talking about this because we think people will respond to it. It's like, no, these niggas are really into that. 
and that that does mm-hmm. feel good to do it from that perspective versus a lot of the stuff that you see out here now it's just like okay bro you just you seen that in the algorithm you seen somebody else do it they popular now you're doing it and you want to pop from it no shade yeah. to them it's good for y'all but it, it doesn't work for what we do yeah and they always fizzle out because it's not authentic it ain't real That's- like it's just like music no different than you try to catch on a trend like you can't make that hit again because that era is over like, so what you gonna do now um yeah man that's very interesting and i've said this before i think on culture guards friend and family episode how when you start something especially in a space like this your thought process is man i want to be the biggest in the world i want to be the best person doing this i want to be the biggest then you get into it and you realize nah 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 the people that are fucking with it those are the people that matter i want to be the biggest to them no matter how many it is, if it's 50 people, if it's 500,000 people, like that's my tribe. That's the people we rocking with. Um, and it means so much more that that five, that 50 can mean 10 times more than 10,000. If those 50 ride for you throughout whatever. And I know y'all spoken about like those independent artists, your currencies. I'd have been to a spitter show. Like it's crazy what them fans doing. That's just spitter just being spitter. Like once you get that loyalty, it's on. Larry June is big in that lane to me. Like there's just kind of almost like these cult followings. Um, not to like the Travis Scott level. That's a whole different thing that I'm not necessarily understanding. The, the Scott Playboy Cardi, that's just a different generation. I know it's the thing. The Ride Waves, even though he's talented, like it's, it's crazy the followings that they have and kind of what their fans are like. But that's another topic for another day. Um, I want to know, and, and this is the difference between when I see Spike, when I see you and Mo do another week in the books, you can tell that it's fresh. Even though you've been doing it for a while, you can kind of tell, all right, we took our episodes getting to know each other. Uh, we've gotten in our own rhythm. And even till today, there might be some things that surprise you or might be things, you know, and, and they're much in-depth and more um, broad conversations that you guys carry here. When I listen to On Deck, I can tell you two are just in a rhythm. You guys are just in a groove. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like autopilot. Like from the format of your show to the topics, every single episode, every single week I listen, I can tell you guys don't miss it. Like you, it's almost like the back of your hands, like Steph Curry shooting threes. It's muscle memory at this point. So my question is, in year 11, 12, however long it's been, I think you said 2013, you started. Mm-hmm. So so year 11, what challenges you guys when it comes to on deck? What are, what are your challenges, if any, as you continue to put out this content? Man, that's a good question. Is is to me the biggest challenge is just finding finding new getting your voice in front of people who aren't aware but would be interested in it. That's the mm-hmm. tough part in my opinion. The the actual content itself is like you said, we've had enough reps to where I, I remember the point where we got to we used to have like uh I forgot the net blog talk, I think is what, what was the first mm-hmm. thing we used to use. And we used to always kind of look at the clock, make sure we, you know, we had like an idea of how long we wanted it to to, to go and this, that, and the third. And that's the shit that I'm always like, I'm super anal about, like sticking to like a script. And uh, after a while you start to, and you have an internal clock and I would know when an hour was where we was at. You could just feel it. You could feel how long, if we want to talk a topic too long, you could feel if one was too fast, if like the if the episode went too quickly, you can start to feel it. And so the part of making it started to get easy, but then not to get stagnant in that and get content. We've remixed the format a couple of times. Um, we used to play music in between certain segments. 
We used to have, there's segments we used to do that we don't do anymore. We used to have full singular topics. You know, it, it used to be formatted differently. So um, from my perspective, I, I like to refresh it and remix it every so often just so you don't get into that same thing. Like, it's good when people know what to expect, but there's also a level of, um, there, there's something to being able to throw people off just a little bit and pivot, but also make it dope. And like people not knowing that they needed to hear it in a different format too. So that was the challenging part throughout these years is the remixes we've done to the format. But um, current day, it's just getting in front of people is the most challenging part just because the podcast game is a, is a, Big deal. It's a lot more people in it now than it was in 2013. 100%. 100%. Let me write that. Led me right into my answer. For me, it's uh, it's remembering when we were telling people we did a podcast and they didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. They didn't know the app was on their phone. They didn't know what the fuck a podcast consists of. Is this a radio show? Do y'all play music? What is this? And for me, it is. And a little of this may be hating. Sorry if it is, but a little bit is as ab said getting in front of people knowing that you have a good product and knowing that other shows that have seen more success than you it's not because they're necessarily better it's because they have better connections it's because they knew people or they had a name prior to getting in this game and not taking anything away from their success but figuring out the marketing part for hey this is what we do and we do it well and getting that in front of a thousand people versus a hundred people ten thousand people versus one thousand people that's the most frustrating part about it because i mean we were uh, we we come from corporate america this was a part-time thing to get to that place where i'm speaking of where you can do this full-time and you can expect a check for me so you have sponsors that's a full-time job and if you don't have a name coming into it, if you're not a, and this is not hating, if you're not a Joe Budden, if you're not a Gilly, if you're not a Nori, like people who rap, people that they knew of you beforehand. So that's coming with at least 10,000 and some ads because people know you. When you're talking about AB and myself, this was a space that was very, it was utilized very minimally in the culture. Like a lot of people weren't fucking with this and then to do what we were doing from it and to still be doing it 11 years later and to look at it like, man, what would it have looked like had we known some of the marketing strategies that we know now five, six, eight years ago? Like what would it have looked like if we were able to take this more serious versus having a 40 hour a week job? What, if, what would it look like if we know if we knew how to market a podcast eight years ago versus knowing how to market it now in a more saturated field when it's got that stigma behind it of people on oh, podcasts they on there talking about 200 dates and they're on there talking about uh takashi 69 every weekend how niggas should kill him in the hood like no we're not but we also aren't able to market to enough people that understand what we do is different it's refreshing it's authentic and you do get that from other podcasts as well but starting it in 2013 and seeing where it has matured to to this date makes me feel a type of way sometimes that we didn't figure out how to get it in front of more people early that's one mm-hmm. of the biggest things for me i can understand that i got a question for ab specifically and spike you can jump in um if you like to but this is just something i've noticed i could be completely wrong about it but ab you seem you strike me just from the way you know, you come off on on deck, and from the way that Spike and Mo talk about you when I'm listening to them, um, strike me as someone who's very 
detailed and schedule oriented. Like you have a <laughs> you have a routine. Um, I eat Kobe. Like you know what I'm saying. This is my this is my day. My day is planned out. Going to the gym at this time. I'm going to bed at this time. I'm eating at this time. I could just pick that up um, if I'm right. Yeah. My question is: When you're working with a partner, don't let him lie to you though. He wasn't always like that. He got he got like that in the later stages in life. Now that's we, true. Now that's also true. And that's cool. And, that, and that's hey. When we were younger, it wasn't like that. It is nah, growth. It wasn't. And that's, and that that's a compliment. It, that's not me. But at least really a compliment. I've been seen and I admire how he's gotten more to that in his later stages in life. Well, hold on. Let's put a let's put a pin in that real quick. Let me let me let me dive into that because that is something I don't think people realize, or they probably do because we're all adults, and um, I'm sure most of the audience is 30s, mid 30s, 40s, whatever the case may be. And people know how hard it is just to change, just to change something like that. Like I want to start waking up at 5 a.m. and how difficult it is to train your body from doing something that you've been doing for however many years to switch it up. Um, feeding right into the question, A.B., how difficult was it for you to concede to certain things because you do have a partner and it goes back to that trust I was speaking about earlier. Like, you know what, man, I really think we should do this or I think this should be in this time frame or this slot. Was there ever a point where you guys would go back and forth and back and forth doesn't mean a bad way, but just kind of bounce these ideas off each other? Or did you guys just learn one day to be like, you know what? He got that one. I got this one. It's a give and take situation. How does that work for you when you're so detail oriented and so like schedule oriented? Yeah, no. It, and to be fair, I, I'm like that now. I, I haven't always been like that. though. just like Lucy. I definitely wasn't always like it. But I just the way I approach things, I feel like, um, you, you know, like we, we saw a lot of people do kind of do hear what we were doing and then turn around and kind of do some try to do something similar and i'm always of the mind of i want to put out stuff that where people don't feel like oh i can do that too and to me you have to put thought into things that way you can make it look easy but behind the scenes there actually needs to be some real thought because i i feel like i have a good understanding and that's how a lot of these a lot of these platforms that a lot of people watch like they work that way like for even from the kid, even from the Casa Knight kid, like we, you see him, you doing what he doing. People that know, know behind the scenes, he's got a whiteboard with concepts that he's come up with from now until the end of the year. Like there's real time effort and energy put into that stuff on the front end. It looks like he just rolled up out the bed and just is jumping around the room, right? So I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I've always wanted to put thought into it because I felt like that's what it takes. Um, and that's not always the case. I had to learn that that's not always the right way. Everybody thinks their way is the right way. That's not always the right way. Some things are off the cuff and some things are sporadic. You know what I mean? And in the moment and those end up being some of the best things. You talked about movies. Some of the dopest movie quotes and shit were ad libbed. They weren't even mm-hmm. in the script. Yeah. So you don't always have to stick to the damn script. I had to learn that. But it's, there can be a little bit of a challenge or a little bit of back and forth. I just make sure that I I try to present the best case, so to speak, that's informed and that I've got some evidence, so to speak, that like, yo, this is what I'm basing this off of. I'm not just saying it's just to be on some I'm right and and you're not type shit. Like, I, I don't like that. So I just try to back it up with, yo, here's the reasoning behind X, Y and Z. And then just shit, we'll just take it from there. We'll try it. We won't. We'll put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. We'll, whatever. It's, it's it's all good. I'm pretty agreeable. Like you know what I'm saying. But I just yeah. 
I, people have their way of doing things, and this has helped me understand that your my way isn't the right way all the damn time. So mm. <laughs> that took yeah. a minute to understand too, though, to be honest. Yeah, and, and before you go, Spike, <laughs> you, this is another week in the book, so we, you know we always keep it real. I asked that question because I'm 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 like that to a degree as well, and I'm very hands on. I'm very trusting as well. I trust the people I do everything with. But it's always that little thing that's like, hold on, man, let me tweak it this way. Almost, um, I, I've always said it, like how people describe Dr. Dre in the studio. Like he's so meticulous. I think 2 Chains recently came out and had a story about just like, I don't even want to work with Dre anymore. Like all respect to the legend, but this, the process is so tedious yep. that it ain't for everybody. You know what I mean? He's tweaking the smallest of things. Say this line again. I'm saying the same, punching the same line 99 times. I don't know what this nigga want from me. Um, but yeah, I, that's why I ask because you know I, I'm trying to let go and and, and realize uh, I had to I had to I had a reminder the other day that there's a lot of stuff that I don't fuck with that people love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes you got to tweak your brain that way to be like, you know what? Just because I don't see it that way, I wouldn't do it that way. Doesn't mean there's a whole audience that fucks with this method, this style, and the whole nine. And it kind of brings me back in the check. Uh, but my bad, Spike. What were you gonna say to to piggyback? No, that was that was that was good. Um, what I would say to piggyback off that, what for me, I know at least with age comes more understanding, especially with people who you who you really have a a, a friendship with. And I can say that AB and I have a friendship. I had to like the back and forth that you spoke of. There would be some stuff that we disagreed about. There would be some stuff that we'd be like, bro, like it don't take all of, like what you saying the meticulous and all the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I have a different like. Me and AB are very alike, but we're very different as well. So it will be mm-hmm. sometimes that I would look at something like, bro, don't take all of that, bro. Like, we don't, they, you ain't got to do it. Like, it ain't, we don't need the whiteboard. We, we can just go do this. Mm-hmm. But I think as you grow with people and you you open your eyes and start to realize that, like, this is a person that I'm in a, re- in a relationship or business with, I don't mean you any ill will. And I have to understand that you don't mean me any ill will. So we can disagree and we can have a conversation about the disagreement and we can figure out how to make it work amongst each other where it fits both of our personalities. Or I can concede because, you know, you I don't I know you don't have any any ill will. And like he said, maybe he can concede because he doesn't have any ill will. What I would speak to as far as the, the personality is it's like when we used to go to Revolt a lot. AB is not the type of person that's going to walk up on people and, hey, we do this podcast and, hey, let's do this, that, and the third. I can I can do that. I ain't necessarily saying that that's my personality, but I came up in a lifestyle in a way where, like, it's nobody that I can't walk up on and at least them know that I'm genuine in what I'm saying and I'm a good person. And, hey, listen to this pitch that I got for you. It's part of the, why I got in the sales. It was able to make good money from it. But really understanding the biggest thing, I think, throughout the years of the relationship, because we did... We have had disagreements. It's understanding that those disagreements don't mean that I don't fuck with you. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that me and you have two different perspectives on this one thing. Let's figure out how to make it work. I think a lot of stuff that we wanted to do would get caught up in. Oh, he got me messed up or I got him messed up or he don't want to do it this way. I can go do it myself. Where we are in our relationship now is we understand the differences in each other's personalities and we don't try to force anything. Like if, if if AB want to go do his own thing on YouTube, I come do my own thing on podcast. There is no feeling of ill will. Like I just nigga trying to go do this without me, and it's it, like no. Like we both have similar goals in mind as to where we want to take 
our personal brands and the brand that we created together. So understanding, and it's even outside of just podcast space, like another week in the books had on, like understanding the people that are around you. One, you got to have people around you that don't mean you ill will. Like we can have disagreements, but that don't mean that I don't fuck with you. That don't mean that I think you're stupid. That don't mean I think you have bad ideas. It just means me and you need to talk more about this one thing that we may not agree on. And we can just leave it at a disagreement and you can do your thing from it and I can do mine. But it don't mean that we got to sever ties. I think a lot of times in our community, we get to a point where, oh, we had this big disagreement and now I don't fuck with that nigga no more. There needs to be a mm -hmm. lot less of that and a lot more of I get it. We disagree right here. Let's move on to the next thing. And I think me and AB, to credit us both in our older age, have been able to do that, which is why you've able to see him do uh, the podcast channel that's very successful. And you've able to see him do the different endeavors that he has that are very successful. You're able to see me do another week in the books. And neither one of us, at least I can say from my perspective, look at each other and be like, man, Nick shouldn't be doing that. He should be allocating more time to what we built together so they can be bigger. Like, that's not... That's not our personality. That's not it. Like we we can do things outside of what we built together because we both know that there's a genuine trust, there's a genuine friendship and a genuine relationship there and what we built to where if something does change, then we're gonna go over it with each other. So. And, and, and real quick, if, if if you to echo all of that, if you've worked with a group of people before, then, then you're gonna understand completely what I'm saying, especially if y'all know each other. The tricky part is if you believe your way is the, it you could have researched it it could be a gut feeling whatever the case may be but you believe a certain way that you guys should move in a certain direction and no one else maybe sees that perspective or or they look at it differently essentially you're saying in no uncertain words that i'm right and you're wrong even if you don't mean it in that manner and that's, that's tough for some people to comprehend or that's tough for some people to take and so that's what makes it challenging you have to have that understanding that there's no malice in what i'm saying because people can't take it that way even if you're not quote unquote meaning that way but in, in a situation where i believe a and you believe b one of us is wrong and if if i believe a i think i'm the one that's right and vice versa and so that's where things can get tricky that communication is big having an understanding of who the other person is is big and so that that has helped too. That, that's why it's a little bit easier to do it when you when you've known each other for such a long time. And real quick to offer of what you said with that, the key part of that is I may believe I'm wrong and I may believe I'm right, but not letting those like we call them gremlins in sales, like those little small things in the room, impact your overall thinking. Like just because we had this a disagreement, now I can't call and talk to you. Now we can't have these conversations that we usually have because you feel slighted or I feel slighted. Like AB and I really don't deal with each other in that way. There's nothing that mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, I ain't talking to this nigga for a week. Fuck that. Like I ain't like that. That's not how it is because both of us are so business oriented. However, that business thought process came from a friendship that it's genuine. Like I, I again, I'll say that I continue to say this. He doesn't mean any malice towards me, nor do I towards him. So you can start to think that if the relationship isn't strong, when you have those disagreements, you can think somebody is just fucking with you or oh, it's just malice or they don't fuck with how I think. But that's another issue that you need to address in the friendship, not in the business. Ship. And I think a lot of people so, get that misconstrued. So that goes. Let me ask you this. Just in that same vein, uh, we'll make it a hip hop question. How do you guys continue to be uh, Kid Styles and Chic versus Jay and Dane? You know what I mean? Because these are all friendships 
and real foundations that go beyond the arts that over time, if you're not on the same page or can't keep up with each other, they're going to split off and they're going to end badly. Um, yeah. Kiss can have his solo career. Styles can have a solo career. She can have a solo career. They can sign at different labels, but they know where home base is and that's never going to change. That's why the locks are so respected because they're real. Like they, they make a point. They've said this in interviews. Any disagreement we've ever had, you would never know about it. That's family business. We keep that behind closed doors. How do you keep that foundation versus, you know what, Another week in the book. I mean, excuse me. On deck and grown to this level, um, you know, AB man, he got that he got that podcast channel. But she, if it wasn't for me, a lot of these views he wouldn't even be getting because I bought some of the people there and they started rocking with him by default or whatever. And and by all means, you neither one of you guys ever give me that sense. But um, I do want to, as somebody who does a podcast with people I love, um, it there it, it has to be in your head. To make sure you remind yourself, this is my nigga first. This is my dog, and I'm always going to support them, regardless of the business and how we work. That we can figure this out. Like, how do you keep that foundation rolling after you guys kind of find your own lane? Because another part of this whole thing is we talked about growth. Is neither one of you are the same person you were in 2013. Mm. One of you could easily, and I know most said it in chapter 15, called y'all the outcast of podcasting. One of y'all could easily want to say, "Fuck it, I'm doing a split out." Like I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to do it on a consistent basis anymore. And you got to make the choice. Like, all right, well, damn, what do I do now? Or you know what? Fuck it. I got space for my nigga whenever he's ready to get back to the hip hop. How do you guys navigate that? What do you do? You not think about it and it just relies solely on the fact that I've known this nigga since we was running around a boys club, boys and girls club, with badass Larry. <laughs> Shout out to the Larry, man. That's funny as hell. <laughs> no, I, I think, man. The, the comparison to the locks and Jay and Dames, I, I think, is perfect. I think um, I, I don't, I'm not sure fundamentally Jay and Dame had the same visions or or at the core, if they're the same person, like we may have thought back in the day, they seem to have different ways of thinking and ways of going going about things. I, and I feel like the locks have very similar views on how to move. They're pretty much you can see them being friends. I can see Sheik and Styles and, and Jada being cool. When you look at who Dame is and when you look at who Jay is, for what we know them to be, I'm obviously I grow up with these niggas, but I'm saying from the outside looking in, they handle things pretty differently. The more you kind of see them on their own. We represent more of the locks, but we have more of the of similar traits and values. Like it's not as if one of us is like a hot head and be like, nigga, we always gotta like get ready to fight when we going out because we already know this nigga finna piss somebody. Like we don't really move like that. We move very similarly. Like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it, it's it's not it's not like a Jay and Dame situation where they seem to be different individuals. Also, I think which again was a great ass analogy. I think the locks have been through shit together though. I feel like when they were when Puff and the bad boy dealing free us and get us the fuck out, they saw that mm-hmm. side of things and they never folded on each other. Nobody said, I'm keeping this bad boy solo deal. Fuck y'all. Like that never happened. So like it's I look at it a situation like that. Like you go through the mud together, it's a little bit easier, or at least uh it should be a little bit easier to make it through the other times together too and not turn your back or stab nobody or anything like that when you know what y'all have been through we moved out here with nothing like we had no bread we shared an apartment with two other niggas we four deep in a two-bedroom dude eating potatoes every damn day seven different ways so like it's sharing little caesars 
five dollar joints bro so like when you when you doing all that yeah. man and you know where the other person came from there's a different relatability in my opinion yes hell yeah it wasn't, it wasn't an arranged type of situation no yeah, no nah, nah, it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't no it wasn't no band that. situation puff didn't call y'all niggas to live in a house and try to make an album together like yeah i feel you all of that's 100 correct also another thing too is and an analogy is perfect with dame and jay especially with some of the stuff that we hear dame say now or even how jay like looks at dame i think he ain't said anything but i just think on how he looks at him the difference between those and the lots is they respect each other's talent like i ain't never heard jay to kiss even though he say top five or dead or alive i've never heard him say that she couldn't rap mm-hmm. even though she may not be as cold as him well i ain't never heard uh style say that about she even though probably the, the 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 majority may look at Sheik as he, he ain't cold as them. However, right. his brothers is the two niggas be like, nah, my, he cold. Like y'all, y'all just don't know. Y'all don't know the song that you ain't heard that we heard when we was all in the studio with each other. So one of the things to the question that you asked, Rich, is respecting each other's talent. Like I know when mm. AB go and he do a YouTube page or he does something different, I respect his talent to be able to get that done. And I'm never gonna look at it like ah oh, this nigga overachieving or this bum ass nigga using my like like Dame like Dame came out and said recently oh uh, Jay wasn't the the catalyst of or whatever it may be like he didn't look at Jay as the brains of the operation obviously nigga he's the brains of the operation he's went on to be a billionaire right. you suing niggas right. in court for a hundred thousand dollars and I love Dame that's my nigga. Mm-hmm. However, you have to, and again, putting on the another week in the book hat, what I would love to see us as black men do more of, like, respect each other's talents. That's one of the biggest things for me and AB. Like, I know what he can do well. He knows what I can do well. So when we see each other outside of on deck flourishing in other things, it's like, okay, yes, I knew that. I think I've been recording with these niggas 10 years now i I know that he's cold i know that he can do that like i talked about when we were doing uh the vlog shit like he would ab was skeptical of me being the host of and i had to tell Mm -hmm. him like bro i do this i can talk to anybody like okay i mean we'll we'll see that though i think those may have been his exact words we'll see probably and then (laughs) five six seven eight episodes in it's like you you bodied that you killed that and and now catering to my presence on screen versus who we may have had on screen before me because it's like okay i do see your talent and what you can do and the same thing for him when it comes to being meticulous and putting like shows together and things like i recognize his talent he recognizes my talent that goes a long way in a business relationship like you have to know what the other person does well and you have to lean into that like you got to hype them up behind you I think a lot of times we as black men, we fear hyping another nigga up thinking we gassing him and they'll be like, no, if you good at that, my nigga, I want to let you know that you good at that. I said that on another one of the, uh, another week in the book episodes. And I was surprised how much, how a couple of my homeboys hit me up and like, nah, bro, you body this shit. Like, I love listening to this on, it's like niggas that I wouldn't have never thought like the, the gangsters of gangsters. When I go home and be like, I listen to your podcast, like, bro, I didn't even know you had the podcast app. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and just, <laughs> straight up, just giving niggas they props and letting them know, like, when they're talented at something, and giving them the, the runway to be like, I, you got it, big dog. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying what you do. So I think a mm-hmm. lot of the times for me and AB, where it doesn't come to that, because I, en- I enjoy what he does. Yeah. So you, you have to like praise the talents in your homeboys 
and not just look at it like, oh, well, we should be doing all of this shit together. Like, they don't work that way. Nah, that's that's a beautiful response, and that's the most important thing. And it's genuine. You know, I can tell it's genuine. Um, shout out to Rachel, man. Shout out to school, both of them, because I'm, you know, I said this on a friends and family episode uh, when you were when you were in Mo were in there. Um, but I can literally look at all four of y'all and pick something that I want to learn from you, that I admire about you, that I'm a fan of, and that's really what keeps it going. Like you said, that genuine, like, nah, man, y'all don't. Y'all don't know him. This is my dog. Y'all, he gonna show y'all one day the whole D Rock big nice. shit. Like you know what I mean? This this nigga about to. I'm my telling y'all, this nigga about to blow up. The deal. This my, I'm <laughs> telling you, or that was oh, that might have been oh on that song he was talking it's about. Oh yeah, it's oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, in the movie, man, I think oh, D Rock took shit. Yeah, 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 man. In the movie, I know D Rock took the bid so big and go ahead and do his thing. But you see examples of that all the time, and that really that you know Emery taking the fall for Hove or whatever the case is, eating them years. Um. So let me ask you this, just kind of in that same vein. Building a brand, all right? Because it took years to build a brand and kind of get the on-deck name. And I, I know you guys had Buzz and Nashville. You kind of kicked it off there. Tell yourself, hey, man, if we can do this here, we can do this in Atlanta. Go to Atlanta and start doing your thing there. At what point did you stop and look at each other and like, all right, let's start talking about business. Because it goes to something you said earlier where sometimes you start things out of the passion and the love for it, and then it grows into something that you might not have even seen happening. To where you have to sit down, Spike, we've had these conversations, me, you, and Mo, like at some point, based on how this is going, we're gonna have to sit down and figure out the business side of this. Um, first, question, first part of the question is, at what point did you guys look at each other and say, hey, let's talk about the business side? Um, and the second part of the question is gonna be, well, just go with the first question. Just go with the first part. I, mean, I, I think it was when, again, we talked about we first started in 2013 and nobody knew. The, the education was ridiculous on trying to tell people what a podcast was. So once you st- once we started to see it becoming a thing, and I think what, what really did it for me was when a certain podcaster uh, kind of took a concept or had a very similar concept to what we have after hearing us. I'll say that. Because Lou look at me mm-hmm. like I'm hating. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I feel like that was that was a little bit closer to home than than we really know. And you, you see know what, what it is so they get the context. He's talking about everyday struggle with Joe Budden and DJ Academics. Listen, mm. listen, Rich. We had an episode. And I don't like talking about this shit before I get we had an episode. It's called Drake versus Joe Budden when they had that whack ass <laughs> short lived beef. I remember that. And I guess Joe Budden is this type of person who searches his name on on Twitter and social media. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Just not. To, I know for a fact that's the case because if you guys remember a few years ago, there was that top fifty rappers list and had Joe Budden number three. Do y'all remember that? That hit the internet. Yes. Everybody was talking about it. That was started by a podcast called The Brew, based out of Cincinnati. I personally know one of the people in The Brew. And I remember that blowing up, and I remember thinking, like, you know, they they are local and, and respectfully. I ain't trying to, um, yeah, yeah, right, right. I ain't trying, I ain't trying to fifty cent them, man. Your <laughs> uh, ass is local, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like it just it was one of those things. Like, damn, how did this even make it here? How did this make it to where they're discussing it on the Joe Button podcast? And I think with Joe being number three, I 100 percent know 
that he had to have searched something and found that and made it widescreen. But that just made me think of that. You're 100 right. Um, my yeah. bad. Keep going. No, that's that's it. I believe it. And so we we've modeled our show after PTI on ESPN. For those are familiar mm-hmm. with that, that's that's what we modeled it after. We've said that since day one. And so when we had that episode, Joe Budden versus Drake, that was the title. He tweeted us. He hit us up. Yeah. It was like, yo, this, you know what I'm saying? This was dope. I would have loved to have sat it in on it. Now, keep in mind, there had there is no debate hip hop show that we know of in this mm-hmm. vein. And then six months later, the yo, first take of hip hop comes out with Joe Budden sitting right there. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, really? And I'm looking at the views and everybody's like, yo, this is genius it's almost like espn for rap and i was just like okay but i see the sponsors it's sponsored by this it's sponsored by that so now i'm seeing the business piece of it because it's essentially what we were doing is just a little bit of a longer form content and it's daily as opposed to weekly and so once i saw that i was like oh okay we need to start taking the business piece of it a little bit more seriously and figuring out how we can like capitalize off the momentum of people are seeing this as like the new wave before everyone else kicks the door in because it's going to happen we knew it was going to happen when we first started like i shout out to anybody that's been listening since 2013 you're savage if that is you but we i I, i'm on record saying that this was going to be the new mixtape because the barrier of entry was relatively low and so there were going to be a lot more talented people jumping in and doing it and so that's going to make things a little bit tougher to, to push through or to shine through. So that at that moment when I saw that and I saw the response to the show and how people, the comments were like, yo, this is genius. I was like, oh, we got to find a way to do something with it and, and become a little bit better on the business side, which to be completely honest, I am not proficient in. Bro, I, my mom told me to go to get a nine to five. When I was 14 and I've been on that path. So that's all mm-hmm. I knew in terms of business air quote is the check every other friday so being creative and tapping into like an actual entrepreneurial side of business was new to me uh but i still had that feeling like yo we got to do something you know what i'm saying around that time because i saw the response and i was like oh this shit gonna be real did, big now did you ever see the movie blackberry came out last no, year no but i want to see that though I, I wanted to check it out check it out man it's good got some dark humor it's a good movie but there's a moment in that film where the iPhone comes out and the black, the black days they stuck they know it. it's over man it's, yeah. it's almost like Marlo on the wire man we missed our shot now you're gonna be coming at us did you have that same type of mindset and that goes for both of you when you see something like that man our idea and now it's on a wide level because I know that's happened to me before me and school have talked about it and we've seen some shit and it's not like we, we never had the expectation of we're gonna be the only niggas in the world talking about movies so that's not right. realistic we know that but Damn, man, it's kind of the same shit, same type of lane. See, I feel Fuck, like, man, this was us. But I had to. <laughs> then I started looking at it on some. Well, our shit always gonna be different. For one, ain't nobody got Ray P. Like nobody has a Rachel. Like Rachel's gonna, in my opinion, I'm the biggest. She's my favorite podcaster. Like she'll smoke anybody. Um, and you start recalibrating things such as, all right, even if we go topic for topic, it's not gonna be the same. You look at it differently. How did y'all approach that whole thing when it happened? Because some people be like, man, fuck it, we missed it. All right, time to pack up the microphones, try something else. Or it's like, <laughs> hell nah, like now that's that might be better for us because we can elevate what they're doing right now. How did you approach it? I feel like for me, the trust was always in what people always speak to when they talk about our show, and that's the chemistry between A, B, and A. 
Like, yeah, you can't do you're, you're not gonna find a Joe Budden and the academics to just put them together and have that type of chemistry. We've been knowing, AB and I've been knowing each other for too long. It's just you, you can't do it. There's no other duo, other maybe Wallow and Gilly because they related. But mm-hmm. even then, in that sense, and this is just me being a little arrogant, they not as good as we are as talking. To, they not proficient as we are in hip hop stuff. They like joke with each other, and it's cool. And what they've done is nice. But when you're talking about what he and I have. The chemistry is the thing that I always felt like would pull us through. So my look on that was, okay, Joe did that and AB spoke to this. I've been having a nine to five since I was 14 years old. So it's always been check is coming every other week. It's been later in my life learning the entrepreneurial like ways and ways to make money outside of your job that Joe has been blessed and been able to do since he was 21 years old as a rapper. Like he's talked about like having to get out there and do shows and find money and be I, I was never really in that position. I always had a job. So that was his biggest advantage is seeing something like what AB and I were doing and being like, well, you know what? I know that I could go to Complex and I could pitch them on this idea and they can get somebody else and they can add ad money and they're going to pay me four thousand dollars a week to do this. Like he, that's his advantage over us in doing this. And that's just one I will have to take the L on. But when you're talking about, because we look at it now, this shit ain't on no more. Like we still going 11 years later. Maybe we haven't reached the peak that it was with Complex. But one thing that we can say is because of the chemistry, because of the relationship, it's still going strong. And as we're learning to be entrepreneurs and put this in front of more people, that's still our advantage is the, the relationship that we have, the chemistry that we have. Yeah, other people may have bigger names. They may have more connections. But the thing that makes us great, that people always comment on with the chemistry, you're not going to be able to find it unless you just unless there's two dudes out here that been doing this like we have for the last 10 years. And they knew each other for the previous 20 years before that. Like you can't duplicate that. It's impossible. And that's what that's I've always been able to hang like out. Like I said, on. y'all, man, you the, the, now I was just saying that's what I always been able to hang my head on. Yeah, the, the chemistry is unmatched. Like I can say that. Yeah. Um, a couple more questions, man, and we can go ahead and wrap things up. But I, I am curious about one thing. We talk about how long you guys have been together. Is there ever a point where it was gonna be ah, this ain't it? Um, not because of anything personal. Just be like, ah, I don't know. Like I don't know if this serves me anymore. Um, I don't know if this is something I want to keep doing myself. Has there ever been a time where you just thought about hanging up, you know, me and the microphone in regards to on deck, maybe focus on some of the ventures or whatever the case is, or where it's always been? Uh, we just locked in. This is this shit is easy as waking up. Yeah, no, nah, not, not not necessarily for me. There's there's been things I wanted to try, but those mm-hmm. but that didn't involve cutting off something else though. Gotcha. Um, I I I so it's not only is it too much fun. But I, I just mm-hmm. feel like people get something out of it when we talk about it. And I feel like we we fill a void. And I don't want the void to be there again, right? Like, I just... if Because if I was me, I would listen to us. And, like, yeah. I would be like, damn. Like, what, <laughs> like what happened to the... You know, I, the, the perspective. And another thing, too, that you mentioned and you say the chemistry, I think the Southern perspective is just a different perspective. Yep. Most media outlets come out of New York mm-hmm. and L.A. So the mm-hmm. Southern perspective is, to me, that's relatable. And if you're not from the South, it's intriguing and interesting because you may not be around people that think or see like this. 
So yeah. like I know we we've got it our the stuff that we talk about and we lean more into we talk about the no limit shit. We talk about cash money shit. People may not be like, damn, I didn't know that it was like that in the South. Yes, it is. And so bringing that perspective and having that void field, in my opinion, is important. But I, I've never thought to where it's it's never gotten to a point where I wanted to stop it to do something else. There are other things that I have wanted to do, but I felt like I can always do it in addition to this. And thankfully, we've gotten to a point where we we both know like what it is that like when we're putting the shows together, it doesn't take much in terms of preparation because we already know what how it goes. We know what we want to say. We know what people will. We feel like we know what people want to hear. So those days of two hour preparation meetings on Sunday before the show and then an hour before the, we don't have to do that anymore. So it doesn't mm-hmm. take a ton of time out of the schedule. You know what I'm saying? To, to be able to do that. So that for me, no, I haven't had that feeling. I have wanted to do different things and expand and touch on different areas, but not at the expense of the show. though. And because of the familiarity has afforded more time to do other things and not have to be ultra committed we used to have long ass meetings before the show yeah mm-hmm. trying to trying to nail it down and get the tone right and what we're going to talk about and we don't have to do that anymore we all know what what to put on the outline people know what to expect and we know what to talk about so that that helps a lot with that because it makes the time commitment because people got lives and families and shit going on yeah. and all this stuff once you can figure out the time and making sure that that's you know used to the best of, of our ability then that makes things a whole lot easier no, that's a fact. Uh, real quick, Spike, I'm glad you just said I want I want to take some time real quick to give you guys some flowers um, because you just made a very, very, very good point, A.B., and it reminds me of Tax Stone. Um, back when tax season was popping up and running, he had made a point on one episode where he was talking about music and just the music industry. Now that we have streaming, we kind of lose that um, that region introduction, you know, where he was talking about, you know, you can listen to um you can listen to a who, who's who's that saying Wally? Was that was that um, Cash Money? Wally? Yeah, yes. New yeah. Orleans. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the you can listen to a New Orleans a Cash Money album. Hear somebody say Wally, and that's a whole new word for you. That's a whole new concept compared to now. You got the internet. The internet's gonna. You have no idea where Wally came from. It's just a word. I think the example he used was the word fleek. Like back in the day, because of music, you can you can pinpoint where this slang came from, and now you don't have it. I say all that to say. Listening to On Deck, um, and it, this is just, and this is how I know it's good. And I'm not just saying this shit because I'm not even a long time listener like that. So I'll, shout out to all the everybody who's building up this, uh, you know, got all the sweat equity in as far as being a listener. But listening to On Deck, getting that southern perspective, makes me feel like I'm in a fucking old school riding through Nashville <laughs> in the back seat while y'all talking about some hip hop shit. And I don't got to say nothing. I'm just sitting there cruising with y'all. I got a joint. I'm just listening. I'm just enjoying the time. I've never been to Nashville, but I, I feel like I'm rolling through those cities. When you guys mention certain spots, I feel like I can see it and I can be there. And I think, you know, the more saturated the podcast game gets, um, the more niche podcasts are the ones that draw, that find my attention. Very specific topics, even if they're just mini series, um, a four or five episode part, just something specific. I don't want to hear about you guys said it earlier. I want to hear about the two hundred dollar dates and all the the uh, you know current events and the tea and gossip. That that has no interest to me. But when I can get that certain perspective, where yeah, everybody might be talking about the twenty one salvage album. They might be talking about Usher at the uh, um, at the Super Bowl. 
but they can't give me a southern perspective of if little because the average person would say yeah hell yeah little way can do a super bowl and y'all niggas like we from the south nigga. i'm telling you right now this is we live this we grew up with this so i i just i just want to shout y'all out man and i appreciate y'all for inviting us and when i say us i mean myself and all the other listeners who probably known this for years into nashville and into that south mentality um because I grew up completely different, man. Cincinnati was more of an East Coast edge. You know, you couldn't tell me I wasn't Rockefeller. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't tell me I wasn't Bad Boy when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. You know what I mean? So it's always cool and dope to see that. Um, I got, like I said, a couple more questions. And one that's important. Real quick we talk that, about it all before, the, before you go on, before the, the, oh, my bad, my bad. To, to your question about ending, it's never really crossed my mind either. Um, a lot of, I, I won't be long-winded in this but a lot of it is due to what ab said this is i I don't want to make it say i don't want to say autopilot to make it seem like we don't put any thought into it because we do but it's 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 really easy because we understand what the show is and it's it's not going to take away from me doing other things it's not going to take away from him doing other things i'll shoot him the outline on sunday or he'll shoot me the outline he'll add what he want to add i'll add what i want to add and we know once we hit record on that Zoom on Monday, we're in on deck mode. It's going to take us an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. We're going to get the people what they need. We're going to be show up and be Spike Lou and Animal Brown. And boom, we'll get this out to you. So, no, it's never been a point for me as to where, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't like doing this because, one, it services so many people like what you just explained, Rich. That, that right there. That's what I do it for other than making millions of dollars off this. But that's what I do it for in, in the sense of somebody being like, man, I, I just feel like I took a ride with y'all around the block. Because we all know one of my favorite albums is Riding Dirty. And what I've always heard Bun B and Pimp C explain that album as is, all right, hop in the car with us. This is a Friday night, Saturday night in Houston. This is what we do. This is how we get down. We want y'all to hear it. We want y'all to know the ins and outs of it. And that's essentially what the On Deck TV podcast says is so no it's never been a point in my time where i was like oh i don't want to do this anymore it's still entertaining it's still fun to us me and chris rarely talk throughout the week we text we in a group chat together but just having conversation we don't usually do that but the podcast Mm -hmm. is still a space for that where i can talk to my friend about the stuff that happens in the world that we and that's listen, man. Before I get into my question, that's incredible. Because does, does that ever dawn on you guys? Are you aware of it? How rare that is? Because Spike, I know you said it. I've said it the same. We're, we're similar in, in many ways. But another is just our upbringing. I still have I still have friends from fourth grade, nine years old that I talk to today. You know what I mean? Like I still have that. And you know, people from the outside will look at it like that's crazy. I don't even talk to people from high school. Right. Like the fact that you have elementary school friends. Is wild. Do you guys ever stop and be like, "Yo, you know how rare it is, and how how much of a blessing it is to kind of have this kind of bond where you ain't even got to think about it. You just got to show up mm-hmm. and be yourself." I probably don't think about it enough. Yeah, I'm but say it don't yeah, it's my mind a lot. But yeah, I, I do understand dope. it when I see the look on people's faces when I explain it. Like when I'm telling, when I'm at dead end recording with those guys, because I just with them in the last three or four years. I was like, "Oh yeah, me and AB been knowing each other since ten years old." They'd be like, "What? <laughs> is it possible?" You know what I'm saying? This is like. It's, it's it's really it's normal to us mm-hmm. i feel that that's the same way it is with me you know and, and once again it reminds me of uh to use that outcast comparison again y'all remember a few years ago big boy son was on the team on oregon's football team mm-hmm. uh, but i'll never forget that they were in the box one day and andre 3000 had his overalls on and shit rocking some oregon gear going to see him out and niggas hadn't seen 3k in a minute 
Mm-hmm. And the fact, you know, you especially when you don't see him with Big Boy, like you don't see nobody post about each other. You know, Big Boy active, but it ain't like mm-hmm. oh, I'm here with three stacks or whatever the case right. is. So to see them, the whole everybody, oh, they still cool. And to me, I was like, why wouldn't they be cool? Yeah, exactly. like, why do why why do you have to see niggas? I think Bleak said it on one of his it was either tax season or one of his earlier drink, drink champs uh performances champs. when he was like, you know, you don't post no picture with Hope like nigga, this is my friend. Like you know how odd it would be to see your friend and then be like, "Hey, let's take a picture." Like we don't need to take a picture; we're friends. Yeah, it was definitely. You know what I mean? Like it's, and I feel that I don't know. That's just kind of how the world works today. But um, I respect that. I respect your guys' relationship and everything like that. Um, two more questions. One, we talked about those logs on the fire that keep you going. That keep you going week in and week out. You know, compliments, feedback. Um, not even compliments, just feedback in general. Good, bad, and different, whatever the case is. What do you guys do? What are your practices is when you have two, three, four, five weeks without anything? And I don't even know if that's even possible, but when you need that little extra push, you're just having a rough stretch and you need that push and it ain't coming. You know what I mean? Ain't no laws being thrown in the fire. What is it that keeps you guys like, all right, man, let me, let me, let me, let me pull my flu game out and really give everything I got to make sure this is top tier quality. Cause I know what it's like. For example, I recorded every night this week. Yes. A nigga tired. Me too. A nigga tired. You feel me? Still got one more to go. You guys (laughs) said it. I think you guys said it in something I was listening to. This kind of gives you energy. It's not work. It kind of it, it builds you up. So I'm the same way. Leading up to it, it's like, damn, all right, man. Let me let me interrupt what I got going on to take this break to record. But once I'm in it, I bet we hear. But what do you guys do? Is it just that repetition? I've been doing this for so long. It's natural, or can you survive stretches without that log on the fire? Now, for me, it is. It, man, it reminds me. I, I I just started going to the gym last like two years, and listen, I wake up stupid early. And a lot of times I ask myself, why the fuck am I waking up right now? Like, dude, I'm on the edge of the bed. Like, I'm going to lay all the way back down. Like, it's always hardest before. But as soon as I get there, it's like all of a sudden the energy just came out of nowhere because, you know, like you're doing something that's beneficial. You know what I'm saying? Or that's good for you. And it's the same thing. There's been times I think it was tired. Like you just said, three, four, five things in a week. You know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. There's other factors that may be going on in life, but as soon as you hit record, a lot of that stuff be blocked out. I hear sport, I hear athletes say that too. They'll be like, you know, what I'm saying they may be in the tabloids, headlines, but when they're on the court, they don't really hear none of that. Like that's all kind of muted and like it's like a safe space for whatever you want to call it. And I feel like that's the same thing, man. So even if it's been a long ass week, long ass day. Like you hit record, I'm tired. I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this one. You hit record, and we don't win an hour and a half. You're like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I don't even know. And I'm, mm-hmm. I've never ended one and been like, man, I should have just stayed that's in over. bed. Right. Glad that's I, 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 That's never happened. Like, like I said with the gym, I, I don't be want to go sometimes. I've never left and been like, man, I should have stayed home. I've never yeah, I regret said that, that workout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it, this is all a good workout. It's a healthy workout. That's how I look at it. Whether that's physical health or mental health, that's it. It's all good workout, man. That, that I feel like it's mandatory. Same hey, thing. that's funny. Real, real quick. Hold on, real quick. My bad. You talked about going to the gym and asking yourself, "Why am I up this morning?" I got a group chat with some of the bros, man. Uh, uh, the name of the group chat is uh, "You Ain't Mister Bitches." <laughs> if y'all, if, I don't know if y'all Boondocks fans. Yes, I it's, it's yeah, there was, a, there was a, I've seen it, but I'm... there was an episode when um, 
granddad was trying to go on this big play of big, yeah, whatever vacation. Tom was trying to go, and he had this dream about Tom going. And his name, I guess, granddad's name in the, in the dream was Mister Bitches. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reminder, like nigga, like get your nigga, get in shape, get your shit right, get your mind right, get your body moving. You ain't Mister Bitches, nigga. Like you ain't just got motherfuckers kicking down your door trying to get at you. And it's just, it's always that funny motivation to be like, you know what? This is why I'm getting up. That's good, right there. Because I'm not Mister Bitches. That's a good group chat to have. I need one of those in my life at the gym. Uh, yeah. I, I'm definitely slacking. But to answer your question in this, yeah, AB, like y'all spoke to it perfectly. There's been days when shit been going on personally. Or you just tired I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I feel like doing this today But as soon as you hit record It's like oh, okay yeah This this feels right This feels natural mm-hmm. I get an hour An hour and a half Away from the bullshit That I was going through today Or what made me feel Bad Or what made me feel Like I didn't want to do this And this shit completely Wiped that shit off the map So absolutely there, there has been times When it's been super difficult To get to the recording But once the button is pressed And once we in this bag Like it's, it's, Let's do it Like you're talking to like-minded people Or even not like-minded people But you're able, to have, you're able to have A civil conversation Where you guys can get your thoughts out And it just makes you feel better Like like even the whole thing with therapy One of my, my therapists told me Early on He's like bro Most of this shit is just you Just saying this shit out loud like just being in a place where you can be able to say this shit out loud and for podcasting that that that's a lot of what podcasting is for me whether it's another week in the books whether it's on deck whether it's good earners like just being able to to take in some of this stuff and go to talk to people who you look at as friends or people who you look at as contemporaries and be like i just want to say this i want to get a response i want to have some uh, some back and forth about it and then like you said once you're in it it's like i'm glad i fucking did this i i agree with both of y'all i've never I've never went into a recording and then came out and be like, man, damn, why did I do that? Man, I should have just not done it. It's always been mm-hmm. like, damn, that made me feel a little bit better. It didn't solve my problem, but it made me feel better. For sure. It's it's funny you said that because on the on the flip side, I've done it where I've told somebody I made plans with, you know what I mean? And that day gets here. And I know, I know oh, myself well enough to know I ain't in no mood to even go out, man. I'm about to be a buzzkill. Fuck oh, it. And I go out and I be asking myself the whole time, why did I come out? <laughs> and now ain't nobody having fun because I ain't want to be here in the I'm first place. I'm a big place. flaker. I quick to hit you, but I ain't even gonna make it, bro. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> my my last question, man, as we get out of here and wrap up, man, I've been enjoying this conversation a lot. Um, but my last question is going back to that concept of the end, man. I mean, life's greatest common denominator. Things are gonna end. You know what I mean? What goes up must come down. What starts is gonna have a finish. Um, and obviously. I'm sure you guys probably don't even think about when that's going to happen or the whole nine. But on chapter 15, Spike, you made an interesting point of this is a brand. This is something we've been building for so long, for so many years to where just because myself or AB, if we ever one day decide we don't want to do this, that doesn't mean that on deck has to go anywhere. This is going to be a brand big enough to where other people can fill in and slide in. Do you ever think about that concept? Is it hard to think about it because you're still in the middle of it? Um, and do you mainly think about whoever takes this spot? Are they going to treat it with the same care? Or is it going to be one of those, like, I trust you to do what you want to do? Because I don't want to... I feel the same way about the culture garden. Like, I know that's not something that I'm going to be, nor maybe want to be doing in 10 years or so. But I do think it's a strong enough brand to where it can go to a million different places. But I also don't want to be like ducking the five heartbeats where that's my music. <laughs> nigga, the nigga playing the piano. Nah, nigga, that's my music. 
Like, I, you don't know what it took for me to build this shit. Don't come in here and just fuck up the house. That's my music, though. I mean, JT. Like, so do you guys ever think about that at all? Or I tell you uh, how I look I, at it. No, go ahead. I take I, I look at it like Sports Center. Uh in mm-hmm. the sense of I, I grew up on Sports Center with Dan Patrick and Keith Hope. Those were the yeah. guys. Like those those two dudes built Sports Center for me. However, here we are 30 years later, the Sports Center is still going on. I may not be mm-hmm. as appreciative of the new niggas that I was of Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman. It's just a nostalgia thing, but Sports Center still serves that purpose. And whether or not you like the new people as much as you like those people that built it for you you still get what you came for out of it the highlights to whatever it may be even when jamel hill and michael smith were with it so when i say that for on deck i'm looking at it from a sense of if when animal brown and i are blessed enough to move on and do bigger and better things this brand has still been built and when we're at the point where we're doing those bigger and better things and we may not have time to do this there'll be a proper vetting process to make sure that this brand in my opinion this brand goes on and 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 that we hand it off to people who we feel have been as responsible as we have with it i don't feel like that it has to die with us if we feel like one day oh i don't want to do it anymore because the only mm-hmm. way that i feel like that we would do that is we're moving on to much more successes that would limit our availability to be able to do it so with that being said if i'm moving on to successes i feel like that i would have some sort of say in the people that come behind it and have the the money or the 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 resources to be able to keep the brand going because i know people enjoy it to put the right people in place to keep it going so i would think that yeah we would find people to be able to do it maybe not as good or maybe not like receptive as people are to us but still be able to serve the purpose that we started it for because i do believe in the brand that much yeah, I would I would have gave a completely different answer if you asked me this ten years ago. I'd have been like, nah, ain't nobody doing that shit other than us. But <laughs> I can I understand the perspective of you know, exactly. I, I understand the essence of it and, and what it is, and that, that that the face faces can be different, but you still there's a brand promise, right? Like I came here for this. If Two, if there's a new face or two new faces and they're not delivering on that original promise then there's an issue yes. but as long as there's there's they're like you know integral to the brand and if they're sticking to the script of what it's supposed to represent and what it's supposed to mean then yeah then that then i will be open to that uh but like i said if you ask me this 10 years ago, i'm like man hell no ain't nobody no right this is my baby man my exactly music. it's like the kids <laughs> or whatever the pay you put too much blood sweat and tears into it but I, but I, looking more from like a business perspective, and when you see people sell businesses, when I was young, I was like, Yo, why you do that? Yeah. Now being older, I kind of understand how things work and the 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 reasons for the season, and so it, it makes a little bit more sense if that if something like that were to occur, as long as the essence of it is still there. That's the part that can't you can't yeah. lose because then and then it ain't. And it's nothing. It would be a, a very thorough vetting process. I tell you that it wouldn't be just two niggas that we threw in, in, in the chairs and be like, "Hey, y'all take this over because we we out of here." But and mm-hmm. and I still we would still have some sort of input on it. In my opinion, even though we would be on to bigger and, and, and more successful things, but it, I I do think that it, it is a brand that we've built over the last eleven years that can thrive outside of us, and that's what you want when you build a business. 
as AB was just speaking to, a lot of people don't understand that. You think that people think that you build a business and you do it for life and you retire from it, but that's not the goal in the majority of businesses. The majority is to get it to a point where someone is interested enough to give you a lot more money than you've made in it. And you can go, if you want, retire retire in Maui for the rest of your life, or you can apply that to another business and do that again in the next three to five years and continue to do that and make as much money as you want. So yeah, that like both of us understanding how business works and branding works now, yeah, we would be open to that. Well, I want to tip my hat to both of you brothers because not only have you been building an incredible brand, um, you've been building an incredible personality between the both of you. Um, you know, it, WWE is the brand that ain't never going nowhere, but shit, damn it. If them numbers don't go up when the rock comes back <laughs> or when somebody comes back. So it, it's a mixture of both, man. So no matter what you guys do with this brand, your personalities are always big enough to where no matter what you do, you're going to make some noise. Um, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciated this conversation. Spike, I appreciate you and Mo. Uh, for trusting me and just kind of having this conversation with you guys, especially knowing how near and dear I hold another week in the books. Um, I want to correct something that I've said before. I don't even know if I said it on air, but I think it's a great way to go out. Um, when I first got introduced to another week in the books, um, I was telling them on with Spike how these one thing that makes this podcast so great is because they are chapters that you can go back to and feed on forever. You know, they're different. They're real life lessons that no matter what the generation and how many how many things change, these are some solid principles that you're always going to go through as a human being, as a man, whatever you want to call it. You're going to go through these things. And that's why these chapters are so important. And when I got hit to on deck, I said it's a little bit different with on deck because it's more current event. And as I've been listening more and I've been going through the catalog more, I want to walk back that statement because you guys are the double XL magazines that I still have to this day. The ones that I collect, you guys are the source and the vibes that I still have to this day that where I can go back and look what was going on in June 2002, mm. and what the hip hop scene was looking like. Um, as I got more familiar with your work, I found myself going back listening and looking for, oh, I remember, you know, this versus let me go back and listen to what they said about it. You guys are. And, um, you know, for, for any for all y'all old enough, if you remember back in the day, you went to the library, you got the index. I need to know archives, where to get the archives. Yeah. I need to do all that, man. And that's what On Deck is. I didn't appreciate the timeline and the history that you guys have laid out through all 11 years of your work. It's much bigger than current events. It's a blast in the past if you want it to be. It's WWE when you go back and you can look at all the episodes and you want to go back to episode of Raw from 1998, the Stone Cold and the Rock going at it. I can go back and see that and relive those moments. Um, you guys do an incredible job of painting that picture and you're our version of, like I said, Vibe Magazine, Double XL, The Source. I salute you, brothers. We thank you for everything that you do in this space. Um, and I know we talked about the end and the, all that stuff. No time soon. No time <laughs> soon, man. Y'all got a lot of gas left in the tank. Actually, I would dare to say y'all are just getting started. Um, so thank you for your contributions, man. Thank you for just being two dope-ass brothers, man. Um, that every every Thursday I can always depend, or every Wednesday, excuse me, I can always wake up and know no matter what's going on in life, I got an hour to escape with my dogs. So thank y'all for that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's a great way to look at it. And I, and real quick, I've until recently when we when there, there is a week that we have to take off and we'll throw up a, a throwback episode or whatever, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll run through a, a little bit of the of the throwback episode and I'll be like, damn, I forgot that that happened, or oh shit, that is when so and so was hot. 
well, I wonder where they're at now. Like those things will start to pop up in my head. So it's just like the double XLs and the vibes. Like it's mm-hmm. a time capsule. And so um, Absolutely. sometimes people look at time sensitive material as a negative. Like, yeah, it's, it's hot today, but next week it's going to be old. Well, hip hop is history and it's culture. Right. And so mm-hmm. there's libraries filled with what happened in the 1600s, 17. So it's, it's, it's a, that's a very good way to put it, man. I, I and I appreciate absolutely. the words too, man. Thank you. Real talk. Absolutely, absolutely. Rich, just like you explained your gratitude for this, I, I ex- extend my gracious thanks to you for doing this, getting in your bag. I know what you want to do with the interview style format, so I'm glad that you were able to come sharpen your sword here with AB and myself, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. We don't get to do this often. Uh, people don't really get to see us mm-hmm. in this bag, so I hope that the people that are on this Another Week in the Book feed appreciated it, and the own deckers that came here, that they get to appreciate it as well. Couldn't have did it without you, Rich. Great job, as always. AB, you know how me and you get down. I appreciate you as well, brother. This has been another episode of Another Week in the Books. We appreciate you guys tapping into us. Good night.